Welcome to The Geek in Review, the podcast focused on innovative and creative ideas in the legal profession. I'm Marlene Gabauer. And I'm Greg Lambert. So happy new year, Greg. Happy new <laughs> we're, year. We're only a couple of weeks in. So. I know. We retired 2023. <laughs> we're jumping into 2024. So uh, did you have a nice holiday? I did. Uh, so I got uh, to spend my 30th wedding anniversary in uh, Germany. We took one of those Viking river cruises. Uh, very enjoyable um, a little pricey for me, you know me. I'm the cheap geek. So, <laughs> I do you know, giving, giving up that that much money, but we had we had a blast, and uh, I really couldn't couldn't have asked for a better way to have uh, spent our thirtieth. Um, the the crew uh, on the ship took took really good care of us, and we met some super nice people on on the cruise. That's terrific. I understood you went to the markets, so you got to go see those and. Yeah, the that was Christmas fun. markets were all open in uh, Germany, and so uh, uh, we got to walk around, uh, look at a lot of little Christmas ornaments, um, and uh, little uh, made nice of wood star. <laughs> yeah, lots of stuff made of wood, um, and then we drank uh, not a lot, but an, an, a, a sufficient amount of uh, glue wine, <laughs> um, which uh, yep, was described wine. to me as you take wine. You heat it up, and then you put glue in it. So that's glue on. Ah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just repeating what I was told. I was gonna say that's a great appetizing description of of it for sure, for sure. Well, it was, uh, it was great. I Good. didn't I didn't get to go overseas, but uh, I I did get to go uh, back to New Jersey and New York, which was. Tons of fun. Got to see my parents and, you know, the kids got to see, you know, all their friends up there. And I had a wonderful spa day with some of my friends. And then I also got to go out to a concert with some friends. I got to go to Central Park and met up with some folks. And we, we literally walked from, um, from like Penn Station uh, all all the way up to Central Park and just walked all over Central Park. Uh, I hit a lot of places that I've never actually been to there. So I was, you know, this many years old when I got to the Alice in Wonderland statue. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, it was it was quite nice and uh, really had a had a good time. Good, good. Well, that's... did you did you, did you have any resolutions? Well, we're already halfway through uh, January, so you should That's ask. True. Uh, do I have any that I've kept? Um, um, I'm, <clears throat> I am actually doing a uh, a, a dry January, um, mostly because I did a like a super soaked December, um, so <laughs> I, I need to, need to dry out. Um, but uh, mm -hmm. as, uh, as as our friend Toby Brown told me recently, is like, well, I'm doing dry January up to January 30th, but then we're going to legal week and then we're going to be uh, having some events at legal week and really can't pass yeah. up uh, the, the booze at legal week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. It's free. So, you know, um, you do it right. It yeah. Is. No, no. <laughs> yeah. More resolutions just sort of to be in the present and that's sort yeah. of mine. So that's kind of going to be an ongoing thing. It's just How's sort of focus so on that. So, are you in the present now? <laughs> you know, you you know me. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah, struggling, but working on it. I'm working good, on good, it. Good, good, good. So uh, 
I know we're we're kind of into to January. We took some time off, um, so just sort of catching up on things. But last month, I uh, went to Miami. I attended the TLTF Summit. Uh, that's a very highly curated gathering for entrepreneurs, for investors, uh, companies, and practitioners who are creating, powering, and partnering with technology companies and transforming the world of law. You want to know um, how curated this you know, I know, is? I was how not curated invited. is it? I, I was not invited. Oh. That's how curated it was. <laughs> <laughs> next year. Next year. It was next year. Next year. Well, actually, it was it was really a a great, I mean, I'd never been to, you know, a, a conference like this one where you just had this kind of group of people together. And I really liked that. I liked, um, how they structured things. You know, you had, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I mean, they had like quick presentations and then the, you know, groups, you know, people, and it was in different categories. And then, you know, so, you know, litigation, for example, and then people who were in the room would sort of vote on like who they thought was the best. And like overall, like who got the most points would end up in the final presentation at the end of the summit. And, you know, you got to see all of those, those presenters and you could, you know, connect with those folks. Like if there was something where you thought, wow, that would be of interest to, um, you know, my firm, then, you know, you could do that. And I mean, I know that um, firms brought clients, um, you know, a lot of high level people from firms were there that I, you know, I saw. So um, I thought it was fantastic. And, you know, I've come back with like, okay, I have a bunch of um, connections, not only to talk with on the podcast, which we will be doing. In fact, some of the people will say it in a minute. So this is what this, this, uh, this uh, podcast is dedicated to is the interviews that I had there, but we'll go deeper with a few of them in the future. Um, but, you know, also, um, you know, opportunities to connect with these, these vendors, um, you know, just for purposes of, of checking them out for the firm. So it was cool. Yeah. But, uh, you gave me, you gave me your microphones, you gave me your little <laughs> microphones, by the way, I bought, I bought, I bought, I bought exactly the same ones, so now I have to give you yours back. Um, but uh, and I wrote MG on mine so, so they don't get messed so, up. That way but, we don't get confused. That's right. That's right. Because it's so easy um, to get confused. But these microphones were were a lifesaver. I got a lot of short interviews from uh, many of the attendees at the summit to ask them about what they view as some of the biggest impacts that technology may have on the legal industry in the near future. And that was, you know, again, it was just a real opportunity to sort of connect a little bit more and people, a lot of people there didn't know about the podcast. And so it was also an opportunity to tell them a little bit about what we're doing, get them subscribed. So yeah. How the hell do they not know about the podcast? We're awesome. (laughs) It's like some of these folks are brand, they're kind of new to the legal space. You know, they, they, you know, so you know, this is a well, good. This is a good thing, Greg. This is a good thing. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, well, you did a great job uh, grabbing the people at the summit and pulling them to the side. Um, but I have to say, as the audio engineer of this uh, podcast, um, I didn't really think through how well the recordings were going to sound when you're in a packed room with people and everyone else is talking at the same time. So, um, I did a. a a bit of cleanup on them um, as best I could. Uh, some of the voices, in order to kind of remove uh, enough of the background to hear them, may sound a little off to the listeners, and they'll probably sound really off to the person 
that's actually talking. <laughs> but uh, that's that's me. That's not the person. The person actually doesn't really sound like they may be underwater uh, when they're talking. But uh, I think they're understandable enough uh, for this. And I put together a, a transcript for the episode, uh, which will be on the Three Geeks site mm-hmm. and so you know feel free if you don't quite catch something uh look at the three geeks in a law blog page for the episode and you can catch that part of the answer um we have 17 attendees who were gracious enough uh to talk to us uh, or talk to you um i and- i should i should I, sh- I should note that some of the some of the interviews were actually from the uh practice is it practical ai Oh yeah, yeah. There were a few of those. Um, the uh, it, yeah, yeah. Let me do that again. Like, you know, I I should note that that some of the interviews, a few of the interviews, um, are from the Practical AI conference that both of us also attended um, in in December, and so uh, was able to get to to speak with some people there. That was also a great conference. I just thought very well curated. Yeah. The topics were spot on. And like really not a whole lot of overlap and, you know, everybody really knew their stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And I was invited to that one. So, (laughs) yeah. So, Uh, so, well, um, so the idea behind this episode is we're going to go through and listen to uh, the guests that are to the interviews. Um, Some of these range from just, uh, you know, 30 seconds or less and some, uh, but I don't think we have any that are, are over like a minute. Hours. A yeah, there's no long <laughs> no, ones. These no. are short answers. And we kind of ask them to project as, as a variation of our uh, crystal ball question, but really kind of project to see what they think 2024 is going to bring to the uh, uh, to the legal industry. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, Marlene, anything else you want to do before we queue up uh, Paul Gerditis? Paul I think we should learn how to pronounce his name first. (laughs) We're doing the best we can. We're just doing the best we can, folks. So, yes, I think we're all set to go. All right. Well, like I said, first up is Paul. Okay. I'm Paul Gadaitis, founder and CEO of Origami. Well, I think with the the explosion of Gen AI technology and LLM-based models, what we're going to see over the next year is that uh, delivery of legal work is going to become increasingly automated and eventually somewhat commoditized. And so I think what we're going to see is firms uh, doubling down on focusing on business of law applications and AI in addition to just practice of law applications. So um, they're going to be using analytics to help improve the health of their client relationship, um, improve growth strategies, and improve client retention. All right. Well, that that was Paul. Um, Paul's with uh, Orgami. Um, mm-hmm. I I mean, I, I think that's the... That's I don't disagree. That's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I think I, I, I agree. I, I did want to dive in on um, one of the things that he that he talked about, and that was uh, they're going to double down on focusing on business of law applications. Um, and I think what we're hearing there is 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 more of the back office uh, stuff that that we're seeing, not necessarily billable hour work, but rather the things that support. Uh, the billable hour work, which makes total sense. Um, in fact, when if people ask me, you know, what, what, how is it that a firm should start with AI? The first thing I tell them is what not to do. And I was like, don't go after the billable hour right off the bat. 
Um, you know, look at the things that are in the back office, marketing, library, finance, uh, any of the recruiting, any of those um, business development. That's probably where you're going to get the biggest appetite and get people to, to want to do more. Yeah, I mean, already seeing, um, you know, AI sort of helping with like the, the writing of, you know, you know, various business development documents and, you know, we're already seeing it in the research space. Um, one kind of practical thing I'll note is when, you know, the, you know, he's talking about data analytics and, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, analytics in general, um, I think there's still some work to be done there. I mean, I, you know, they, you know, some of these, these Gen AI models still don't do well with tables um, and they don't always do well with numbers. So that I think is going to be a bit of a hurdle. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens this year with that. Yeah. And, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about that, that it's, it's not just the generative oh. AI that's, that's going to be uh, going. So um, do you want to mm -hmm. talk about the, our next uh, speaker? Next, yeah, Andrew. All right, you're going to cut this now. Andrew Medeiros, who's the director of innovation at Troutman Pepper, and uh, a Andrew Andrew has a um, a slightly different take on on sort of whether we should all be rushing into uh, Gen AI. Yeah, Andrew Medeiros. I am the Director of Innovation at Scout and Pepper. I think we should be preparing to take our time. We need to walk before we run. Uh, I know it's weird as someone at a conference like this talking about everything that we've done already, um, but we try to be cautious as cautious as we can. We try to take our time. Um, you know, walking is not staying still, um, but we have to, you know, really evaluate the market, um, be thoughtful about the solutions that we onboard. Uh, and the solutions that we offer to our attorney. Thoughts on that one? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, have th I have thoughts. <laughs> I have thoughts. I have many thoughts. Um, I think he's right. Uh, I think you do have to be cautious. I think firms need to be cautious. I mean, clearly we have a lot of ethical responsibilities to our clients and their data. And so, you know, we shouldn't be running kind of headlong into some of this new technology without, you know, doing our due diligence. Um, that said, well, I knew there, I knew there and, was and, a and you butt should, coming yeah. in. <laughs> but, you know, but, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, every, every organization is different. Like you have to be comfortable. So, you know, you have to do this when, you know, from, from a, you know, a firm organization perspective, you're comfortable, but, you know, that said, um, and I know we've talked about this before and, and, you know, this is happening and, so you really do have to kind of have your toe in the water at least to, you know, just to sort of stay, you know, to stay afloat in terms of how fast this stuff is moving. Like, you know, you, you want to be involved. You want to be, you know, trying this stuff out. You want to be thinking of opportunities uh, because, you know, you, you can't just sort of wait until, 
I don't think in this situation you can wait until everything is is safe and done. Yeah. Um, because that's already too late. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and and I I think he was, he you know he kind of put a disclaimer in there in that walking is not he standing did. still, so it's not that we're doing nothing, mm-hmm. but at at the same time I I think he is right. We need to make sure that we have problems to solve and not just uh, solutions looking for those problems, which I think a lot of people are already jumping the gun on that. So I think that approach is probably perfect, but I'd be careful walking when everyone else is jogging and running and not get too far behind uh, on it, which which I think he I, I think that's what he means is that it's you know keeping pace with everyone else, but not necessarily jumping in and making you know, foolish decisions just because you want to do something in order to be doing something. So. Right. So position so position two on the Peloton bike. What's that? Position two. Position. <laughs> yes. Exactly. 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 Oh man. And speaking of which, uh, I need to get back on mine. So, all right. Next up is uh, Justin Helms from Hush Blackwell. Hey, Justin Helms. Hush Blackwell, artificial intelligence solution strategy. I would say leveraging AI in automated workflows. So taking apart documents, putting them into specific attributes quality checking that, and then building whatever generative information from there automatically. That's going to be a huge win for everybody. Yeah, and on this, I think this touches a little bit of what we heard earlier from Paul, um, which was talking about there's, I think there's layering of AI that we're going to see in 2024 that we didn't necessarily see in 2023. And that is we're going to have databases. We're going to have uh, structured and unstructured information. Um, we're going to have machine learning. We're going to have uh, natural language processing, data extraction, and then generative AI. I think that's that. Uh, I think a lot of people right now, especially those that may not be as savvy on the generative AI and, and the rest of the AI front. Uh, thinks that you know chat gpt is the is the do all to end all and what we're going to see is this layering and putting things in the appropriate layer to uh, organize the data retrieve the data and then be able to generate the content that that we're looking for yeah i think we were talking earlier before we started recording that you know there's there's some solutions that are going to have to be sort of highly specific and structures, and then there's going to be you know other situations where you know it doesn't have to be. It could be more creative, and so you know you are going to see different opportunities, and it's going to be great, I think, for innovation professionals, for KM professionals, you know, for any professionals that are kind of touching this space, because it it sort of revives. Um, interest in, in some of the tools that we already have, right. That, that may not have gen AI components, but we're going to be, you know, very, very useful to people. But this, this whole sort of, you know, interest in gen AI, you can sort of direct people, um, to, in the right direction. And, you know, the other thing is sort of connecting, um, gen AI with, um, 
sort of existing processes. And, you know, yeah. you're already starting to see that a little bit, like, you know, the automation, for example, um, you know, sort of writing code to, you know, get certain sort of documentation in there and then have an automated prompt to do something and then getting a result. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, next up, give everyone strap in because we're, we're going to get a little geeky, I think. So. Okay. Melina Higgins is up next. Hi, I'm Helena Higgin, a chief psychology officer for Cloud Report. We are a legal tech startup in the testimony. How is it? Uh, something that's been in my mind that I have at yes, we will talk about a lot, which I think we're emerge next year, is things that both have it staying out and legal. Because we've so far been using publicly available data, but there's so much more expect that we can be doing, but the data is not. It's client data, clients don't want us to use that data. We need synthetic data, which other industries are all. Tell me a little bit more about synthetic data. Yeah, the concept is, uh, so in industries like banking, for example, you don't want to move people's real social security numbers or credit cards owe their name. Um, so to train those models, they basically fake the data. It's the same way, you know, you may need to take exactly, and Exactly. So we will need to, as an industry, think about coming up with the equivalent of that for our industry. Like, for example, my company deals with deposition. There are very few publicly available depositions. We train models. Uh, so, I mean, I'm exploring all the different ways I could create synthetic data. Yeah, that one was a little harder to hear, but basically she was saying synthetic data. Um, mm -hmm. In order it's to train to train the models, because clients and there may be some, uh, sensitive data that we don't want uh, to be using to train uh, either the large language models or even deep learning uh, things like that. So um, interesting. So what, what's your thoughts on using synthetic data? Oh, she's spot on. Um, and and you know we had a good conversation about this and. You know, it kind of gets me wondering, it's like, you know, can we use Gen I to kind of create, <laughs> create synthetic examples? Because, I mean, this, this comes up often where, you know, say there is a, a tool that you want to try out or you, you know, you want to, um, you, you know, you want to do a trial of this thing. Um, where, you know, what, what types of data are you going to use? I mean, you can use um, dummy data, you can use anonymized data, but again, you know, you have to figure whatever your firm allows on that. And, and I know, you know, that's, that's a big question as to what to be able to use and what's okay. And we also run into the problem, Greg, you totally know this is that when, you know, attorneys are testing things out, it's gotta be, they always want it to be their data. Like, because if it's different than, what they use, like, they're just like, well, that's, you know, that's, that's not what I use. That's not, you know, I can't make a decision based on that. So if we can have synthetic data that is as close as possible, but yet not, um, yeah. you know, the, the actual data that's used in the firm, like that to me would, is, is just a lifesaver because it would just allow us to, to look at things, you know, much more quickly and test things much more quickly. Yeah, it'd be interesting, um, and, and you know, everyone forgive me because this is just coming right off the top of my head. Um, but imagine that you would be able to take 
your financial data, your client information, maybe even the emails that come in uh, from from your clients and be able to essentially strip all the proper nouns out of that to, to remove a lot of the key information that would track that data back uh, to the client. And then you would have an, you know, an encoder decoder type thing with your system so that the, the models are trained on synthetic data, but you could pass it through a decoder and the information that you're getting back is actually real data that you have. Um, maybe that's uh, too far-fetched, but, uh, you know, I don't know. If anyone mm-hmm. wants to go into business with that, uh, you know, give me, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next one we had was actually it, I couldn't do anything with it. Um, and, and so I apologize uh, but uh, we, we could not uh, get it. To FX Ledoux? Yeah, FX Ledoux. I think, yeah. So, yeah, we sorry we about apologize. that. We'll, we, we I'll will, reach uh, out. Sorry. Try again an, another time. But uh, uh, next up is Adam St- uh, Stafoski. So let's hear what uh, Adam had to say. It's Stofsky. Stofsky? Adam Stofsky. Stofsky. Well, he'll tell us here in a second. He'll tell us who he is. Mm-hmm. Adam Stopsky. There we go. I'm the founder and CEO of Reefly for a legal and legal information startup. Yeah, so Reefly's mission is to make legal information more accessible to everyone. I think of what we're doing is sort of solving this global problem of the fact that lawyers are not trained in communications like at all. You know, I think, you know, also, I don't think I had a second of um, training, but like we're communicators, right? That's what we're supposed to do. And I feel like law schools kind of Fuck that out of us as we learn to talk to judges and other lawyers. That is a huge problem. It's a huge problem for the community at large, for businesses that people don't know much about law and lawyers don't know how to communicate about it. So there's a ton of kind of hidden value being lost because of that. So we're kind of on that side of becoming the world's best legal content creator. Now, keep your question. My suspicion is, no, I'm not typed upon 12 years, something like that. So maybe I'm not the very best person to know the asset of it. But my suspicion is from talking to legal tech companies, lawyers, and all sectors, legal aid, in-house, firms, I think things are going to change a lot less than people think they're going to change in 2024. The billable hour is still going to be with us. Big firms are still going to be really expensive. And how things are going to be growing. I think we'll see some changes at the margin. But I think the basic types of law... I don't think this is going to be the year for dramatic, dramatic change, but it's going to come over time. That's, that's my prediction. You know, and our company briefly, we're kind of leaning heavily into you know, viewing, right? And we're using AI for certain things, but you know, our bet is that at the end of the day, people want to hear great storytelling. They want to hear some charismatic people explaining things in a clear, engaged way. Nothing be true. Hopefully forever enough. Thank well, you very much. There's Thank you. still room for people, even with with AI. There's still room for people. Relationships are important. Yeah. Um, the communication part was interesting. Uh, you know, I feel I feel like well, we probably should be training people in communication earlier than <laughs> earlier than than, yeah. than law school. Um, we we should be doing that in in public schools, uh, probably a little bit better. Um, but you know, that's a whole other problem to to unwrap. Uh, you know, while he was talking about this, I was thinking about 
<laughs> I was thinking about actually Josh Kubecki, who just recently did a, a totally generated AI um, yeah. video of himself. And I thought, huh, well, that's interesting compared to what we're talking about here. It's like, maybe you use Gen AI to become a better communicator if you're really bad. <laughs> you yeah. yeah. If you're, if, if you're a huge a horrible introvert, thought. You, can, you can create this uh, artificial intelligence uh, video version of yourself uh, to uh, to communicate with your clients. Um, I, I'm going to attack the communication from a, another angle, which I think 2024 is actually going to help people with. And, uh, you know, part of the communication problem is there's just so much going on there. You get, uh, I mean, I literally get hundreds of emails every day um, and being able to cut through that, uh, know, know about, you know, when your meetings are, when you're, you know, when you should have time to yourself, when you should pick up the phone and, and call your client. But I think, um, as you see the co-pilot integration with, with, uh, Microsoft, uh, office 365, I think there's going to be some of that to help you manage your time better and to give you the prompts for the human to know when it's time to, you know, put the emails down and pick up the phone. Um, and so I'm hoping maybe the, the artificial intelligence um, and that co-pilot types of functionality um, where we're using AI as, a, as basically an assistant will help improve the human part of us. So, so maybe that's what we see in 2024. And I'll take it from a different angle. Like, Relationships and, and communication are, are clearly going to be critical, particularly since all of this is so new and people don't really kind of know what to expect. They don't actually know how to use it because it is so broad. I mean, I've gotten questions about like, look, I want to get involved, but I don't I don't know if what I want to do works in here. I'm not really sure how to do it. So I think, you know, developing those sort of relationships of trust, um, you know, being clear in your communication in terms of, um, you know, what to do, what not to do, what works, what doesn't work and sort of guiding people, I think is, is going to be huge. And, um, the other point I want to raise is that, uh, yes, the billable hour isn't going to go away next year. And yes, uh, you know, things are going to still be expensive. I think I read the other day that what was the, it was like, I don't know if it was the average or, but it was the, the quote was like twenty four hundred dollars an hour for for billing, and I'm like, wow, mm. <laughs> that's incredible. Do you, so, do you remember when yeah, they were reluctant I mean, to go above a thousand dollars an hour? <laughs> wow. You know, so yeah, you're 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 gonna you're gonna see that happening. Uh, he's he's absolutely right on that. So all right, all right. All right our, who do we got up next? We've got Stephanie Curcio is up next. Curcio. Um, Gonna gonna talk about some uh, um, IP and AI. So, mm -hmm. my name is Stephanie Curcio. I am the CEO and co-founder of NL Patent. NL Patent is a AI-based patent search and analytics platform. So we have completely changed the way that people interact with patent data. Historically, uh, you would search through patent data using keywords, which sounds easy until you actually read a patent. Um, patents are very complicated. They make no sense. Um, you would never describe a simple thing using the words you would normally use to describe that thing. Instead, you would create many words and sometimes make up words, which makes them very difficult to search. 
So our AI system allows you just to describe that thing in plain English, and our system will automatically search hundreds of millions of patents and generate a list of patent documents that are actually similar to that thing. Uh, the results are instant. Um, they're iterative, iterative, so the system will learn from you as you interact with the data, and it is often seen to outperform human experts um, on speed, of course, and accuracy. I think 2024 is going to be the year of IP. So we've seen a lot of developments in contract um, review, contract generation, um, document review. All of these things have been tackled um, over the part of the last 10 years. IP is a little bit untouched. So the technology that we're using is pretty new. Uh, what we are doing was only possible in the last couple of years. And this seismic change in the technology has created a lot of new workflows um, that were never previously possible. So the IP system is going to be a lot more acceptable. Um, IP attorneys are going to be way more efficient at their jobs, but the IP process will also be democratized in a lot of ways. So people that were never able to access patent data um, can now do so quite easily using the technology that's being developed. That's brand spanking new. <laughs> brand spanking new technology. I like that. Brand spanking new. So uh, uh, Stephanie um, actually was one of the finalists at uh, the the TLTF, and uh, you know I hope that we can get her you know on the podcast to do a little bit more in depth discussion about um, the tool and what she's she's doing. Um, because if if you can describe something in plain English uh, on a patent search, that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's really? a big deal. And I think that's one of the things, and I think this is why people were so excited in the legal industry because this is a you know, a industry that's based on language, that words matter mm -hmm. and the way people say and write things, um, you know it, it could be very unique. And so if you can find a way to normalize human language just like we do databases um it's it's really going to open up a lot of opportunities for vendors um it's like she said it's going to democratize the law itself because mm -hmm. um no longer is is the whatever it is you created is behind this you know kind of crystal palace of words that you've created to keep people out um, they're going to be able to to understand even the most complicated uh, legalese and be able to get that back in plain English. And that truly is a game changer. Yeah, and it's going to be not just experts um, that are able to sort of do this type of, of, of research. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be any, you know, I won't say anybody, but it's, it's you know, it's going to be people who can just – say something in plain English and find the answer. Yeah. Well, next up, did you record Dan at the AI conference or at TLTF? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think, I think, I think it was the, uh, the New York conference. I think. Okay. Well, here, here's remember. Dan. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan. That's uh, a for what Chicago Tech College law and also Founder of C73 Vector. Well, I think what we've seen is the first wave of large language models like GPT-4 and what have you being sort of brought into the work streams that lawyers uh, work in different, you know, various different areas. 
but we really haven't seen, and we're going to see more of it, real engineering built on top of these things. A lot of what's been done is kind of relatively thin layers on top of the base state, but those have some pretty serious stuff coming down the pipe in that over the next 12 months. I'm looking forward to it. To see you all there. <laughs> Dan, Dan right, it was, it was in, in Florida. It was, it was Florida. I'm, now okay. I'm, I'm thinking back, and it's like, yeah, it was a TLTF. Because yeah. so. Dan and you and I were on a panel at the AI conference, um, mm-hmm. and so we, we got a little bit more insight on, on what Dan was talking about here. And um, I think he's looking at these kind of um, multi-level uh, LLMs uh, over time to where um, – you know, you're not just relying upon one single source, but rather uh, right. a, a large layer of sources uh, to do that. Because <clears throat> one of the things he said at, at the conference in New York was there's only one Internet. And, you know, once you copy the Internet, you you know, where do you go from there? Uh, we heard earlier, maybe it's synthetic data. I, I don't know that that that's what Dan was thinking, but maybe it is. Um, but the improvements are going to come uh, over the next 12 months. And, um, and so I think a lot of things that you see as limitations now are going to be, there's going to be breakthroughs uh, as Dan sees them uh, in this year. Yeah, I mean, he was sort of giving the timeline of sort of how stuff started and, and sort of where we're at and where we're moving. And, and like you said, we were he was talking about how, you know, we started with sort of these large language models, but now we're sort of moving more into these smaller models that are sort of very specific and handle very specific type of, you know, have a very specific type of output, very specific type of task, and then kind of having an overlay where, you know, you can, you know, ask your question and, um, you know, ask your prompt and then be directed to whatever is appropriate to add, to ask that and, uh, or to answer that rather. And I think you're actually seeing that in, in some of the vendors that, uh, that we've actually talked to, uh, recently on the podcast as well, that, that they're, they're starting to experiment with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan's got his, uh, fingers on the pulse, I think. And so, uh, uh, keep he's right keep there. looking at what he's doing and what they're doing at 273 Ventures. So uh, next up mm-hmm. is uh, Farrah Pepper from Marsh McLennan. Hi, this is Farrah Pepper, Chief Legal Innovation Counsel at Marsh McLennan. My role within the Marsh McLennan Legal Department is focused on legal innovation and technology. So we take a fresh look at how our legal team works and find ways to turbocharge it. Might be tech, might be process. And we'd love to make people's days better. So an essential part of our platform is finding the joy for our colleagues and what they're doing. Well, we'd be remiss talking about 2024 and not talking about Gen AI. It is the hot topic right now. And you can expect a lot more dialogue within legal teams about what the good and appropriate uses of Gen AI are in our existing workflows. But I like to go back to basics. I think that Gen AI and all the hype around it, much of which is real, has reopened people's hearts and minds to all different kinds of technology. So we're kind of doing some back to basics, looking at point solutions and problems that we've got and finding that colleagues are just so receptive right now to the idea of taking some tech and injecting it into our workflows. You know, today at CLCS, we talked about litigation, but it's really across all the different practice areas, 
that we're finding this renewed enthusiasm in 2024 at looking at tech. I don't know if Farah has a podcast, but she's got a great voice for podcasting. So even even I've, after I I've, had to clean clean up the recording. <laughs> basically, it's like if if it's like if I could present like Farah, you know, my my life would probably be pretty complete. <laughs> so uh, sh- shout out to her. Um, also, shout out to her. This is a little aside. Um, Dan was doing his his uh, keynote and uh, was talking about. Um, some of the problems with not citing sources because at the time we had yet another attorney who, um, you know, was trying to put something oh. out and didn't check the sources and it was fake. And was his last name Schwartz you know, again? Uh, maybe. Um, so I think so. So, um, you know, Dan was like, I feel a little bit bad for the guy. And like after the, 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 the presentation fair, I was like, we should feel bad for that guy. <laughs> and I'm thinking myself, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I don't feel bad for that guy. It's like, he knows what he needs to do. Um, so I thought that was great. Um, yeah. I think, you know, Farah, Farah has her, her finger on the pulse that, you know, colleagues are really receptive right now. And so let's take advantage of that. And, um, you know, and just, but, but, you know, keep it real, you know, keep it honest, um, you know, make sure kind of going back to being clear communicators and, and having good relationships about, you know, making sure that people understand for sure what it can and can't do. I also love that she was hers, um, her program or her panel rather was on litigation. Um, because I'm finding, I personally am finding that more challenging, um, to get people excited about. So, uh, I am hoping, and, you know, as a former litigator, I'm like, I really, you know, I really, I want to get my peeps on board. So, um, you know, hoping that there's, there's more in 2024 there. Yeah. And that's been one of the things I think we've said a lot on the, on the show is it's good because you've got this excitement, um, and, you know, take advantage of that and redirect them, toward the proper way to, you know, solve their problems, even if that isn't what they're envisioning, uh, how their problems should be solved with, uh, you know, chat GPT. So, um, next up is Brad Blickstein. I think this one, I, I cleaned it up as best I can, but you may want to read along on the transcript, uh, with, oh, with no. this one. Yeah. Brad Blickstein, partner and head of the new law, Blackjack Newpacker in Brunel. They lot of talk about large kinds models and other GPT-like functions, generative AI, and have a meaning legal work, waiting legal documents. But there's a lot of potential value there around the building of technology. You know, the, the developers like us, you say that their work is 80 percent faster because they can use generative AI to build tools. I think we're going to start seeing faster building of tools, take it in offerings, and they will have and to figure out how to use generative AI to build the very tools that we get. So, first of all, if you're using generative AI to do legal work, the only every hour does not commit. And what are you going to do? Take an hour for the work and do it in two minutes and build for two minutes? It doesn't take from you. The wrong for us, this game, but all the supply to need that, um, the law firm will realize that they are leaving money on the table by not building technology and rolling it out via a model larger than the hourly bill. And rather than flying things to rock them, we would like flat fees, which I think we've seen over the last couple of years, doesn't really work. Um, hence, they would start paying law costs, say, 
we tend to throw money with with uh, other models because Dowie built and Dowling didn't pop in a lot. Yeah, so uh, sorry about the cleanup on that one, Brad. <laughs> let's, uh, let's summarize that one. Yeah, so so um, I, I think just to summarize that uh, he's thinking that he's seeing reports where people are working 80% faster using the combination of human input and uh, generative AI. And uh, there's a good uh, Boston um, – um, uh, oh, what's the – Industry. Boston, Industry. Boston something group, <laughs> um, yep. uh, consulting at Boston consulting group where it talked about, uh, it, they gave people, um, a task and when it was a creative task, like what's, what's a great new tool to go to, go to, uh, market with, um, they worked something like 44% faster, um, coming up with those ideas. But when you ask them to answer a business question, they actually fell 23% below those that weren't using uh, the generative mm -hmm. AI tools. So, um, yes, uh, the the gen AI tools, when used right, can speed up things. So, And then Brad was saying, well, if we're speeding up the billable work and you can do something in two minutes that used to take you know, an hour, um, it doesn't make sense to continue with the business model that, that we're doing and that law firms see that they're leaving things on the, you know, leaving money on the table, um, and that they'll they'll be kind of pushed into a different uh, uh, business model other than just straight billable hour work. So that uh, hopefully recapped what uh, Brad was saying. Yeah, Your thoughts on I, that? You did a very, yeah, you did a very good job recapping that. And 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 you know, I am definitely in Brad's camp. I would love to see you know a new model other than the billable hour that that really takes hold because that just I mean. First of all, it's, it's, you know, efficiency is the right thing to do. Um, and secondly, I mean, I really think it gives a whole lot of opportunity for, you know, those of us on the business side of the house in, in law firms uh, to really get people engaged with some of these tools um, because there's, there's an incentive, there's, there's an incentive to use them then as opposed to an incentive against them. Um, yeah. 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 So um, I, I think that's right. I think, the, you know, the the this is going to disrupt the industry. So we'll, we'll see how we uh, how we adjust to, to that. So uh, next up is uh, Brian Shear. Oh, you got something else? <laughs> oh, I was going to say next up. You've been saying next up oh, a few times. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll let you do it this time. It's OK. OK. <laughs> next up <laughs> is Brian Shearer. Uh, from Hey Council. I'm Sarah. I am the founder of a company called Hey Council, and I'm from San Diego, California. Uh, yeah, so the product in its current manifestation matches early stage startups with lawyers who uh, are independent or small firm lawyers, and so they're able to offer more affordable rates and more kind of a hands-on experience. And uh, in the future, uh, the very near future, we're building out a full type of support structure for lawyers who are practicing independently. So that includes uh, community, which we already have stood up. But in addition to that, it has the support services, like helping them with backend admin, uh, bookkeeping, uh, setting up the technology, all that stuff, uh, and then some content, events, uh, all the things that lawyers 
normally experience on the inside of law firm, but now that they're practicing independently, they don't have. So we're working on. It. I mean, I feel like you're like saying AI. You're gonna have a lot of metal answer. Yeah. So I mean, I think within that category, I think it's important to focus on how AI is going to hopefully uh, reduce the cost of legal services. I think yeah. that being whether it's lawyers being able to work faster or lawyers being able to work more independently, like little platform like ours. Um, I think that's like, that's at least what I'll be watching. When do we start to see salary rates that are continuing to go up, up to go down? So Marlene, what's your bet? Uh, uh, billable, billable rates and uh, legal costs going to go up or down this year? <laughs> it's a trick question. They're going to go up. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So um, I like, I really liked this, this product. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, um, you know, it's, it's, it's more for the small practitioner, uh, you know, small practice, small firms, solo practitioners who, you know, can't always get the same sort of um, support uh, structure that you can in a, in a large firm. I mean, is that's one of the benefits, one of the draws of being at, at big laws that, you know, you have a lot of these services and things available to you that, you know, is not something you do, you know, when you're solo. And, you know, Brian and, and his company, that's, you know, that's what they're doing. They're sort of helping them with all of the, you know, the admin and, and sort of non-legal practice stuff that, um, you know, can really take a lot of time so that practitioners can, can practice. And, uh, I think, I think there's really a market for that. I'm, so I, I'm, I'm eager to see what happens with, with Hey Council. Yeah. And, and I think his overall vision, um, may eventually come to fruition. Um, but it's, this is, this is a big industry that's set in its ways. And even with all the excitement with the technology, um, change, changing the, 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 the business structure and reducing cost, I think that's a, that, that's a long, longer term, um, goal. Uh, but again, I, I hope it, I hope it comes through. Yeah. We'll come back in a year, see what happens. Um, so Kathy Zhu, no, Kathy Shu, you say it. What is it? Um, I'm going to say Shu, but she's going to tell us how it's really said. All right, okay. Well, my then. name is Kathy Zhu and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Streamline AI. So, so Streamline is the legal front door for in-house legal teams. We help legal teams work much more effectively and efficiently with the business. We collect all of the requests from the business in the tools that they're currently using and that they love, so there's no change management. And we convert that into a custom streamline. We apply workflow automation to route it to where it needs to go. We have an audit trail. They're reporting the metrics as well on a dashboard, so the GC has everything they need to make data-driven decisions. Yeah, so we have several uh, really exciting AI features that we're releasing next year that we're really, really thrilled about. Um, so a lot of audit development is coming uh, your way next. So we actually focus on in-house legal teams uh, rather than law firms. And for in-house legal, what's really critical to solve right now is a process problem. So I think a lot of attention and focus has been on document management, CLMs, and document problems. But that means that there's still a massive hole when it comes to process. Legal teams desperately need better metrics, better reporting uh, to run more efficiently and to also advocate for legal value within the business. Yeah. 
change management management and process. Um, I, I, I think AI can help with both of those. So Kathy was also one of the finalists um, at the TLTF and people were very, very excited about this tool. Um, there was a lot of buzz, a lot of talk about it. Um, and what, what was the part that people were excited about? Well, I, I will tell you, like, literally, I saw some guy come up to her <laughs> and he was like, thank God. He goes, you don't understand. I'm just like deluged with like emails every day from every, you know, every business department saying, help me with this, help me with that. And like, I don't know, I can't manage all of them. I mean, literally, he was he was like overjoyed. <laughs> and, okay. and so, I mean, this, this, you know, Unlike some of the, the, the ones we've talked about before, this is specifically for, you know, in-house legal teams and, and that's how she's marketing it. Um, and so I think, you know, there's clearly a need because there was such a reaction, you know, and she's, again, she's talking about the process. Like, I mean, these in-house legal teams, you know, particularly for large companies, like they're, responsive to all the different departments and they have to juggle all of this. And I'm sure, and I'm, you know, my guess is that each of those different departments have a different way of doing things. And, you know, your legal team has to kind of figure this stuff out and they have to turn it around really fast. So, Hey, I need to understand what this contract says. And, you know, you know, you have to turn that around quickly. So yeah, AI could certainly help with that. You know, if you have templates where you can extract stuff and you can summarize stuff using Gen AI, yeah, you know, that would, that would be great. They could turn around and say something right away. And, you know, we've talked about it before, you know, bad process is bad process. So if there's something that can streamline that and make it more consistent, that's gotta be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to scale bad processes. So. <laughs> But I All like right. what, what she's saying. It's like yeah. basically it overlays like they don't – no one has to change. So, I mean, I haven't seen this thing in action, but if if nobody has to change, you know, mm. that's got something going for it. Yeah, I I did not see that. But when I hear that, red flags go up in my, in my mind. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. It's like no one has to change. We'll see. So Okay. <laughs> but like I said, I did not see the product, so uh, – uh, next up is uh, Cheryl Wilson Griffin. Ah, uh, just going. Okay. Uh, hi, Cheryl Wilson Griffin here, the CEO of Legal Tech Consultants. Uh, I'm here at the Legal Tech Fund Summit in Miami. Uh, and excited for 2024, I think, uh, because it's the golden age of legal tech. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, we are going to see new combinations of data, both internal and external. Brought on, not just by AI, but by increased interoperability, APIs, better innovation, faster innovation, all those types of things. And I think we'll see a marrying of the internal and external data at lot firms in a way that benefits clients we've never seen before or really never anticipated. Yeah, now she's singing my song on on this, and this is something that I that I've been talking about for twenty five years is. You have to be able to marry the external information and the internal information and make the result better than the two individual pieces. Um, and so I, I think, again, and you notice that she said this is not an AI-only uh, issue. Mm -hmm. this, you're talking about 
interoperability, interoperability. Yep. Woo. Uh, say API it again. Three times fast. Better innovation. I can't, I couldn't even say it one time. Slow. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and, and marrying these internal, external data points, you know, is the dream. And yeah. so I, uh, I'm glad, you know, last year, if it wasn't for AI, I thought all we were going to be talking about was APIs. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. un- unfortunately that, that kind of got uh, pushed to the background, but I think it's, um, you, you got to have that in order to have that, um, the ability to combine all of that, all the valuable information that you have and all the valuable information that that's available. Yeah. We still have to figure out the best way to get the information and to, um, and, and to decide which information is important. Like, I mean, this is all kind of before what she's talking about. Like once, you know, once the best way to get it to us and digest it, and then what do we actually care about? And let's, cause it's, it's so easy to just get like a ton of data, um, both internally or externally. And then it's like, okay, you know, what do I do with this? Um, you know, and I, that, you know, I see questions about that. It's like, again, I have all this stuff and, you know, is it in the right format? You know, can it be integrated? Um, in these sort of niggling detail questions, um, that need to be answered before you can actually, you know, sort of get to where, where she's going on this. So, but she's absolutely right. Uh, next up we have Adam Miller. Ready for some web three discussions, Marlene? Yeah. Hi, my name is Adam Miller. Uh, I'm a co-founder of MyDAO, which stands for Marshall Islands DAO, and we're building the best legal framework in the world for Web3 and DAO. I'm also the host of the Just DAO It podcast for people starting DAO. Sure, so DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization, which makes this down even more confusing than it is. It's every organization, so it could be a business, a charity, an association, any type of organization that wants to use the blockchain to track its ownership or its membership, to do governance, like voting on chain, and also to keep your money on chain rather than in a bank account. And so by doing all this stuff on the blockchain, you get insured compliance, you get transparency, you can you can uh, run and scale organizations much uh, faster and easier than you can using traditional legal documents, for example, to keep uh, a company organized. So, you know, today I would say probably about 5% of people have heard of DAOs. I think by the end of 2024, 50% of people. That's it. Yeah. Um, and that's true pretty much all over the world. I mean, DAOs, if you go back about a year, there were probably about 10,000 DAOs. Now there's about 50,000 DAOs. By the end of 2024, there could be hundreds of thousands of DAOs. And by that point in time, I think most people will have heard of them. And probably as long as the bro market does return in 2024, which seems possible, maybe even likely. Uh, people are going to be interested in finding, like, what's that next big crypto thing? DAOs are going to be one of those next big crypto things. And so I think a lot of people will be looking for DAOs to join. They're for fun or to speculate or for whatever reason. Yeah. Had, had, you've heard of DAOs before, had you not, Marlene? I, I, I will admit, when, when I was talking to him, I was like, I have not heard of this before. And so we had you know a very nice conversation about what it is. So... Yeah, then uh, Chad Main uh, at the Technically Legal podcast had a guest on a few weeks ago that talked about DAOs, uh, 
again. Uh, let me let me make sure I I got that right because I think uh, I think we may have been talking when. I'm, I'm making uh, so, corrections to our, our transcript right now because it's like, yeah. oh, I'm looking at this. It's like it didn't, it didn't recognize right. DAO. Um, DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Um, and you're seeing this in crypto. Like uh, even today, I saw a news feature where one of the, one of the uh, crypto coins called One Inch uh, is now setting up a DAO in, uh, as part of – the that crypto uh, currency so re- really interesting um i i still even after listening to the chad's podcast and reading a little bit on it still a little little bit behind but um uh remember folks uh if if this is the first time you heard about uh, dows then you heard it here on the geek and review <laughs> Uh, next, uh, next person up is Andrea Markstrom, who is the CEO for Schulte, Roth and Zabel and a good friend of the podcast. Yeah. Good to have her on here. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Andrea Markstrom. Chief Information Officer for Schulte, Roth and Zabel. Excited to be here at the Legal Tech Summit and, you know, the opportunity to meet some amazing legal tech startups. So, thank you for having us. There is so much opportunity to not only, you know, do some great things internally within firms, but also to bring your clients in, introduce them to not only new tech, new technologies, new tools, um, but also to raise the bar in terms of how we deliver service. Um, so I think that's a huge opportunity for everyone in 2024. And then the other thing I think we should focus on is just outside of service for our firms and for our clients. It's how can we bring AI or technology for good and give back to our community? And that's a huge opportunity, I think, that we can all come together as an industry and do in time. Yeah, Andrea is always looking at how, how can we do good? How, how can we make not just I know. our business better, but how can we make you know, society, How can we just do uh, better the community better and do better. So, um, I, you know, I really appreciate that approach to it. And, um, I did want to say one thing is, and we've, we've been talking for months, damn, damn near a year now about how we should be able to leverage the excitement for generative AI within our law firms to find real solutions, even if that means not AI, um, Lawyers should also leverage this with their clients. As their clients are looking for innovative ways to approach their business problems. And, and that's one of the things you hear is uh, companies don't have legal problems. They have business problems that, that they need you to solve. Um, and I think if, if you are a lawyer and you're not taking advantage of the excitement um, and the expectation uh, that your clients are having, you're missing a big opportunity. Yeah, Andrea. Pod dog. Pod dog made an appearance. We're going to try that again. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, would, it wouldn't be so, a good uh, show if pod dog didn't make an appearance. It's true. It's true. It's true. So, um, you know, she's just guard me from everything. But 
Andrea is is always an inspiration to me. Um, you know, every time I sort of get down in the weeds, <laughs> you know, and down in the doldrums, you know, she says things like this and reminds me about like the good that you know we we do and can do as an industry, and you know, then my heart feels good again. So thanks, Andrea, for that. And you know, I like that she you know that she highlights that you know what this conference is about because it's it's not i don't know that it's super well known and but you know you can learn but you can also bring you know you can bring your clients to learn you or you know you can bring your you know firm leaders to learn um and to to connect with this community so you know she really highlighted kind of what's you know, the, the importance of a conference like this. And, um, you know, I was glad that, that, you know, she said that cause you know, I, I think that's something others need to know. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to kind of dovetail that. In fact, I, I kind of moved the, uh, arrangement around a little bit so that Bill Henderson, you uh, did. which I think I a lot that. of people know. Um, and uh, so I think this kind of dovetails nicely with what we just heard from Andrea. He he was the first person. My name that is I Bill Addison. I'm. A, yeah. <laughs> my name is Bill Addison. I'm a professor of law at Indiana University, Mauer School of Law, and also the editor of uh, Legal Evolution. Well, I'm here at the uh, at, at the uh, Legal Tech Fund uh, uh, Summit in uh, Miami, Florida, and I can tell you for sure that anything related to to, to uh, Business to business, yeah. or lawyer to lawyer, enterprise stuff here is well taken care of by the venture uh, uh, tablet. I'm particularly interested in things that are related to access to justice, uh, uh, though, and so I'm looking for stuff that uh, that might be on the horizon that would be related to uh, uh, use of generative AI and access to justice things for people. Off, so uh, uh, that's what I'm hoping to find down here because that's really what I want to focus. Uh, I saw an absolutely amazing presentation by the. Uh, Oh, uh, uh, the woman from the, uh, the, 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 uh, the second guest initiative, uh, which is, uh, which is, uh, an organization that does passing legislation for expungement, automatic expungement that spent half in 12 states, and then there's ancillary services and tech solutions, uh, to do this, get people touching samples. I was absolutely amazed and blown away. Uh, the entrepreneur that did this one, uh, had this experience, he was convicted of a, of, of a very low-level uh, crime, but it, it, it traveled through her, interfered with their ability to get a job, to get uh, rental housing, to spend uh, their kids' schooling, and how to great $75 billion uh, to pass, uh, to the non-profit to pass. So I've absolutely made for that. So I'm really interested in that. In that. So uh, uh, that was my inspiration story. If I go home uh, and only learning about that, all about a backstory. This conference will more than one of you worth it. <laughs> yeah, Bill, I I love Bill's enthusiasm on that and yes. his focus on access to justice, um, which, you know, you go back to the statistics, you know, something like 80 percent of the people are underserved in, in uh, the legal in, in their legal needs here in the United States. And so. Got it. Just seems like AI is, a, a, you know, a great tool to help kind of narrow that down. Even if you, even if you chop off a few percentage points, it's a lot of people um, that would otherwise go go unserved. So, and and I think his example of the Second Chance Initiative and their work in, at expungements, so that people can get 
you know, some of that albatross off of their necks um, and and move on with their life with, without, you know, forever being punished uh, uh, for something that, uh, you know, in the great scheme of things probably you know, may not matter in, in what they need to do today. Yeah, so I, I think Bill um, highlighted, again, another aspect of the TLTF um, summit is that there there was this focus on, on access justice. I did see this presentation, and I mean, there were tears in the audience, and, and some of them were mine. Uh, you know, it was... <laughs> It was very moving. It was very moving, um, and just really incredible what um, what they've been able to do. And I do hope that we can get some representatives on um, for the future for for the podcast. Uh, you know, another thing I'll highlight is is you know again sort of the giving back um, aspect of the of the summit. Um, you know, one of the evenings. You know, one of the the um, one of the activities was that there was a number of local charities where um, you would participate. So you were like building bikes or, you know, you were interacting with, um, um, so, uh, you know, dogs for adoption, um, you were building different things. And so this is something that, you know, you could, you know, all of us, you know, a number of us basically were doing different ones. And that was, you know, that was sort of the key, that was like the key activity for the evening, which I thought was pretty cool and very different. Um, so again, that just kind of goes back to, to what the conference does. Um, and, you know, I, I agree with Bill that, that again, I mean, if you could just sort of go away with that, then, you know, you've, you've, you've gotten, you've gotten a lot out of, out of, out of the summit. All right. Well, Marlene, are you ready for our last? Uh, our last person? one. So this is Jacob Beckerman yes. from Macro.com. Jake from Macro. Jacob Beckerman. Uh, I run Macro.com. We make a document editor, basically a complete replacement for Word, Acrobat, Eric and Hair, um, AI powered, Nikki VP2, uh, edit, Redline, and review documents. So I think we had a massive AI revolution in late 2022. But it actually does take a while to productize those terms. So continued productization of all of the advancements, building those thoughtful ways products that people can actually use. I think the first wave was a little bit of uh, useful, but for like Artifact, and hopefully next year with really useful software, we stand up. So a, a lot of uh, party tricks. Wow. Party tricks this year, <laughs> um, novelties, uh, party tricks, cigars. Um, yeah, I, 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 we're joking, but I, I think he's right. I think we saw a lot of things that um, looked good, but if you scratched at the surface a little bit, uh, was you know essentially a wrapper uh, on on some tools that uh, you know, may change over time and make this you know initial product completely obsolete uh, in in a, in a matter of days. So. Uh, what do you, what do you see? Do you think uh, we're ready to go beyond party tricks? It was funny. Like I was listening just now, and I heard party tricks, and and, and I immediately I don't know why this came to mind, but I thought of Fred and George from uh, Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> and and yes. what is it? What is it? Is it Zonks Emporium or something that they yeah. they run with with the the different uh, jokes? So, um, I think I you know I get what he's saying. Uh, you know. I mean, think about it. When we started out, 
like we were talking about like, Hey, it can write you a birthday poem or a song, or, you know, it can do all of your, your headshot pictures or have you in, you know, a picture of you in some weird universe and stuff. And so it was, it was like fun, but you know, sort of useful, but not super useful. But I do think we, we, we move very rapidly into areas where in fact it, it, it was and is useful. And, you know, is that kind of the detail, highly specific type of legal work? You know, maybe, um, you know, editing of documents, if it's got to be really, you know, tight? No, probably not. But, you know, when we're talking about initial drafts, uh, and, you know, emails, you know, emails with feeling, um, you know, those types of things, it, it, it does do. Um, and, and does pretty well, like summary, summarizing things, you know, it does. So I, you know, I think this year is going to be a lot more exploration. I mean, for, for organizations that are using it, taking a look at what people are using it for kind of running those tests, seeing if those are valuable use cases and, you know, marketing that, marketing that further. Because, you know, there's going to be a million different ways people use these things. It's just a question of, um, you know, from an organizational perspective, what are you going to promote that's that's going to have a business impact? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, people are beyond the, you know, the awe and shock uh, that we initially saw in 2023. And now it's going to be, you know, where's the beef? You know, where where is the actual thing? <laughs> That is going to going to actually change the way that I practice law or I write uh, documents or review documents or you know do do my daily work. Um, I, I love I love that. Go ahead, finish. No, no, no. I know I, that uh, I, I get this. You know, there's a reason I have gray hairs so I can. Make I love old, that you combined references. an '80s reference with Gen AI. No, I, I you get you get points for that. You definitely get points for that. All right. Well, that was the end of the uh, interviews that you did. Again, Marlene, thank you very much for going down there and uh, talking with all these people. Um, You know, a lot of times people ask me what's the biggest benefit of having a podcast like this um, is the fact that if it weren't for this, there really would be no good reason for us to go up and talk to 17, 18 different people and get their, you know, quick opinions on, on something. So, um, this, this gives us that opportunity to meet, uh, people beyond our sphere and that, you know, um, so thank you for exposing and, and, not- and connect and connect them, you know, connect yeah. them both connect guests with guests and connect guests with, you know, other members of our firm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, really quite a benefit. Yeah. It sure is. So thank you very much. And again, thanks to the uh, 18 different folks that talked to us both at the uh, AI conference in New York and at the TLTF summit in uh, Miami. Yes. And, and uh, thank you everybody who took the time to, to sit with me and do the interviews. Apologies for the sound. Um, you know, we live and learn and uh, you know, I certainly have, so I will make sure that next time it's, it's a, 
yeah, a better next time spot. We'll have different it's, problems. It, it'll just be different. We'll have, we'll have different problems, <laughs> like you know. But we'll try. We'll try and find a quiet corner someplace. Uh, so. And I want to say thank you to our audience uh, for taking the time to listen to the Geek and Review podcast. Uh, you know, we really do appreciate you taking the time to listen. Um, we appreciate hearing from you and hearing how, um, you know, how impactful this podcast is on all of you. So, so thankful, thank you for that. If you enjoy the show, share it with a colleague. We'd love to hear from you, so reach out to us on social media. I can be found on LinkedIn or on X at GayBauerM, and on threads at MGayBauer66. And I can be reached on LinkedIn, and I think one of my uh, resolutions for 2024 may be to finally just let go of X. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm still on there at, at uh, Glambert, um, but I'll also keep an eye out on threads, and you can reach me there at GlambertPod. So threads and, and Instagram seem to be connected. Have you seen that? Yeah, they are. They are. So yeah, yep. there's some, there's that, um, I'm on X, but I'm not really like, yeah, I'm, I'm still there, but I'm not really, I'm not, now, really, a poster. I'm not yeah. really doing anything. So, yeah. um, and I also want to say thank you to Jerry David DeSica, who, uh, is the creator of the music that you hear on the geek and review podcast. So yeah, thank you. He Jerry. is someone we are not giving up in, uh, giving up on. Absolutely <laughs> not. No AI generated music. Yep. All right. Well, thanks everyone. And happy new year. Happy new year all. <laughs>